you're right there in the book of Proverbs chapter 29. Let's go to, Pro- well, you're there in Proverbs. Let's go to Proverbs 29. And uh, I've been focused on, now we've been, for a number of weeks, we have been looking at our covenant, uh, the co- a covenant of blood. And we're going to continue with that as we move forward. But uh, there's some things we need to look at today on the strength of vision. The strength of vision. And uh, if you're with us tonight, we'll be uh, dealing with the flow of the kingdom and uh, the different flows of the kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy. And, uh, but I want to uh, deal with this, the strength of vision. The, uh, of course, the vision of this church, we say it every service, the vision of this church is to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. Now, there's more. That's what we we sum it up with. But we're raising up a distribution center of the word of faith. Raising up a spiritual production center. Producing life, city, state, nation, and world. Amen? Amen. That's the vision. The Lord placed the first part of that vision in my heart 26 years ago. And uh, when I was sitting in, in our apartment, little apartment that we had in Grandview, Missouri. And the Lord said, the vision for your life and ministry is to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. And uh, so all those years ago, we've stayed true to that vision, true to what God's asked us to do. Here in Proverbs 29 and verse 18, a familiar scripture, but notice this. He says, where there is no vision, notice this now, The people perish. But he that keeps the law, happy is he. When it says where there is no vision, the people perish, it's the people cast off restraint, or the people are uncovered, or the people run wild. And notice, it emphasizes this, that where there is no vision, the people perish. The people cast off restraint. The people are uncovered. It doesn't say the pastor or the preacher. It says where there is no vision, the people suffer. Do you see that? Now, this is the vision in the house, and this is the vision for your life. Vision provides parameters. Vision provides boundaries. Amen. And when I have a vision, I have parameters to my life. I have a boundary. I have bumpers. I have boundaries. Because that's, that's the vision. That's what God has placed in my heart, in my spirit. That's what God's called my church to do. It, listen, never expect to come here and hear doubt. We are faith builders, not doubt speakers. That's not, that's not in our vision. Amen. Do, do you hear me? I had one guy get mad at me one time. He said, you just go around getting people's hopes up. Well, what am I supposed to do? Go around knocking them down? No, the vision is to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. Vision provides parameters. You've got to understand that ever what your vision is, the vision of a church, the, the, the vision of this church is your vision To that extent, people leak vision. You leak vision. 
from week to week, day to day, month to month. Vision leaks. I've got to constantly stir myself up about it. Pat Harrison, uh, of course, she's coming in, in June. Uh, at one time, her and Brother Buddy, they pastored uh, four churches in the Tulsa metro area. Uh, uh, FCF North and South and FCF East and West. And they pastored all four of those churches, all four corners of Tulsa. And she made a statement to us one time. She said, you've got to constantly rehearse the vision because people leak vision. You get out in your day-to-day life, you get out in your day-to-day existence, and you're focused on what you need to be focused on. It's things that need your attention, but it gets it off your vision. Amen. That, do, do you see that? Vision is leaked. Vision provides parameters. We're at a time in history that faith builders must do what God's asked us to do. You're at a time in history where you have to do what God's called you to do. Ever what that is, you have to do it. Why? Because this thing is wrapping up. Amen. Do, do you see this? Everything that you do in your life, out of everything that you do, there's only one thing that you're going to receive a reward for. And that is attached to the vision that God gave you. I'm going to tell you this. Hear me. You're not going to stand before the Lord and be asked if you went to every soccer game or every piano recital or every Little League game. You are going to be asked what you did with the vision He gave you. That's what I'm going to receive the reward for. Amen. Vision is not about self. It's about what God wants to do through us. It's not about being seen. It's not about being heard. It's about what God wants to do through you. What does God want to do through you? What does God want to do through you through your gift, from your gift? What does God want to do through you Because of the anointing that's on your life. Who does God want to touch? Who does God want to touch through your voice, through your message, through your effort? Who does God want to touch? That's what it's about. It's not about somebody seeing me or seeing you or seeing another person. It's about the vision that God has placed within you. And when that vision gets so big that you can no longer contain it, then something's got to change. Glory to God. And when you constantly kindle that vision, constantly kindle it. This is my 24th full-time year of pastoring, and I am more excited about what God's doing now than I've ever been before in my life. Because as you stoke the vision, as you stir up the vision, God begins to reveal to you other facets of what He wants to produce in your life and what He wants to produce in your church. I have begun to see this church as a force that must be reckoned with. I have begun to see this church as a church with a voice that can declare Jesus is Lord over Little Rock and Jesus is Lord over DeSoto and Jesus is Lord over where you live and Jesus is Lord over our neighborhoods and see it affect change in the lives of people this is not just a church in a little business park right now where we're at on the corner of Markham Avenue we are a mountain moving devil stomping overcoming group of people that can't be stopped hallelujah how the church I see can't be defined by religion 
It can't be defined by what people think. It can't be defined as a white church or a black church or a Hispanic church. It can't even be defined as a mixed church. It can only be defined as a church that moves in the word and the spirit. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what gender. There's only two, but I don't care what gender that you may be. If God has called you to come to this place, God's got a purpose and a reason and a being for you being here and he's going to use you you connect to the vision and what's in me begins to flow oh glory to God hallelujah a vision is a redemptive revelation it's a redemptive revelation it's about what God wants to do through us individually and collectively. You've got to spend time every day thinking, what does God want to do through me? Who does God want to touch through me? What does God want me to do? What does God want me to get involved in? Amen. When, when, when I sit down and think about our, our body collectively, I don't just sit down and say, this would be a good thing to get involved in, and this would be good, and this would get our name out there. What does God want us to be involved in? Because if it's not in the vision, it provides distraction. Amen. I can't be distracted from the vision. Notice over here in Habakkuk chapter 2. Hallelujah. The strength of vision. You've got to be focused on that. Hallelujah. I was talking to a minister one time. And he was telling me some of the challenges he was having in his church. He was a friend of mine, still a friend of mine. And uh, I asked him, I said, well, uh, what's your vision? And he said, well, I, I don't really know. I said, well, you know, how often do you teach on vision? He said, I don't ever teach on vision. You, you can't never say anything about the vision of a church and then wonder why people don't know what the vision of the church is. Now, that sounds simple, but it it colors every area of our life. If you don't have a vision for your finances personally, they're just going to go away because those dollars need to be told where to go. Every dollar that comes in has a job. There are no free agent dollars. Every dollar has a job. Every, every dollar has an assignment. That, it's called a budget. Well, a budget is a vision for your money. Hallelujah. You, you need a budget for your time. A budget for your time is a vision for your time. What happens if you don't have a plan for your time during the day? All kind of thieves come and rob your time. And the the necessary things do not get done because there are things that did not need to be, I did not need to be involved in that I gave my time to. There are things that you don't need to be involved in. There are things that I don't need to be involved in. Not because they're bad things, not because they're not good, but they're not part of what God gave me as a vision. I know preachers that just will go anywhere and preach. They don't have a vision. They just want to go be heard. They just want to go show people what they know. 
And consequently, they will never be a voice. At best, they will always be an echo. Because if you want a voice that changes things, you've got to have a vision that has weight behind it from God that will change circumstances. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1, I will stand upon my watch. Now notice that right there. Let's stop right there. Everyone has a watch. Everyone has a post. Every person, every person in here has a watch, has a post, has a responsibility. God has given everyone a responsibility. He said, I will stand upon my watch and I will set me upon the tower and I will watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I'm reproved. Now, when it says when when I'm reproved, when I'm argued with, not by God, by other people. How come you're going down that way? Well, see, I have a vision. He's going to tell me what to say when I'm argued with. Do you see that? What if you don't have a vision? You don't have anything to say. Hallelujah. Do, Do you see this? I've had people tell me, the only thing you care about is what God wants you to do. Yeah? And that's a bad thing? No. It's the, it's the vision. He said, he'll tell me what to say when I'm argued with. The Lord answered me. Notice what he said. Write the vision. Make it plain. Upon tables so that he may run that reads it. Write it. Make it plain. Make it clear. This is the vision. And what will happen? People will read it and run with it. Do you see that? Tell your neighbor, say, I'm reading it, and I'm going to run with it. Ever, ever what it may be. Every opportunity that God gives someone to be involved in the local church, it's because there's a vision for that opportunity. And sometimes when I see a need, I'm not so much just seeing a need as I am seeing the vision. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I told the people in prayer the other night, I said there are things that the Lord's been been dealing with me to put in operation and to put in motion in the church. And now we're in the place of praying for laborers to come help with that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because the one that God speaks to to do it, to put it in place, can't do it all. But when people catch the vision, and I'm not talking about two or three people doing five or six things. I'm talking about getting involved to the place that I own the vision. If I own something, I'm participating. Is that right? Now, almost everybody I'm looking at participates, so, you know, that's it. We don't beat on folks. But if I'm participating, if I'm an owner, I'm a participator. When someone says, this is my church, so you're involved? Let me come over here. Right? So, if I go to Brother David's house, where's Caleb? I'm going to pick on Caleb. And Caleb says, this is my house. Then that infers 
that there are times that Caleb takes out the trash. There are times that Caleb mows the yard. Your house. Right? If this is my church, then I'm involved. I've caught the vision. I say I've caught the vision of what's happening. Do, do you see that? Because when someone says, that, that, that's my church, that's my pastor. So you're behind the vision, you're working, you're participating, you're involved. In what's going on, ever what level of involvement that you can give, it might be greater or it might be smaller. But if it's mine, I'm involved. If you say this is my baby, then I expect to see you changing diapers. I expect to see you putting a bottle in its mouth. I expect to see you burping it because that's your baby. Don't lay your baby down on the front row and expect somebody else to take care of your baby. If that's your baby, get a vision for your baby and take care of your baby. If I have a vision, if it's mine, then I'm involved. And I'm looking for things. I'm looking around. How can I get involved? What can I do? What can I be a part of? Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? He said in verse 3, For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and not lie, though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. We're walking in things right now after 24 years of full-time ministry pastoring. We're walking in things that God promised us in the very beginning of the ministry. And it only took 24 years. But we're here. But there was no deviation from the vision. Hallelujah. Say that out loud. There's no deviation from the vision. See, before that afternoon 26 years ago, I had a desire to do something for God. As a matter of fact, I wanted to do all God wanted me to do. There was just two problems. I didn't know what God wanted me to do, and I had no vision. Well, I want to preach. It's not a vision. It's a desire, but it's not a vision. There has to be a vision for what I say. The evangelist has a vision. The apostle has a vision. The prophet has a vision. The pastor has a vision. The teacher has a vision. Something is going into effect when that anointing is on them. Amen. I had a desire but no vision. Without a vision, there's no power source. I don't have a power source without a vision. Hallelujah. Without a vision... There's no power source. A heavenly vision comes equipped with its own power source. Hallelujah. So I had a strong desire, but no vision. So therefore, there was no power source. That's the difference. When people come into a body with a vision, that's the difference. Because we know where we're going. We know what God wants us to do. We know what to expect. Because that's the vision. Right? You have a vision for your church. A vision for the way things should be. 
a vision for how things should be carried out. Glory to God. I've stopped things before and said, look, we need to take that back to the original vision because we got off there somewhere. Amen. We're, we're restarting, uh, used to be FBIMA, FBSOM, Faith Builder School of Ministry. We're starting it back this year. Well, we took, we took what, two years off? I think we took two years off. And it wasn't because of COVID. It's because we had got off somewhere. It was no longer fulfilling the vision. It was doing something I didn't want it done, to do. Hallelujah. Well, you know, we could, we could keep graduating people from a school of ministry that's not accomplishing its purpose and, and look good and the numbers look good. But here's the problem. The people that graduate would not be carriers of the vision. And if the people aren't carrying the vision, it doesn't matter how good a preacher the pastor is or how wonderful of a communicator they are or what a great organizer they are. If there's no vision, there's nothing to run with. You can't run with a program. You can't run with a desire. You've got to run with a vision. Hallelujah. So I had desire, but I had no vision. Without a vision, there's no power source. Hallelujah. The vision will produce itself. If you put the vision out there, it produces itself. The vision knows how to make itself come to pass. So when someone says, what is your vision? That vision knows how to make itself come to pass. I have to follow the vision. The vision has to be the focus. Hallelujah. Desire, ambition, those alone drive you. Listen, if you're a minister, especially if you've got a pastoral call on your life, you can't drive people. You can't. There are people that will be driven. And they'll end up wearing out. You can't, you can't do that. You, you, you can't drive people. Ambition, desire alone, that drives people. But here, here's the thing. Vision guides you. In any church, any church, there's going to be any number of people that come to differing amount of services. You're, you're going to have a... Uh, schmoes, that's Sunday mornings only. Uh, you're going to have a, a, a schmoes and schnoes. You know that's Sunday mornings and Sunday nights. And, you know, you're going to have Wednesday nighters. The mature Christians come to church on Wednesday. Hallelujah. Just saying. I'm joking. But my point is, you can't look at that and say that person's this or that person's that or they're not involved or they don't, they're not concerned or whatever. The issue is, is getting the vision out there. A vision is not a building. A vision is not land. Those things come because of vision. 
I had a friend of mine that pastored a church in uh, Kansas, and he asked me to come minister for him, and, and I did. And uh, when I went in, I was waiting on him, and I was in the foyer, and he had a, a deal on his wall, and he said, here's the vision of our church. And he said, we're going to have a 2,500-seat sanctuary, and we're going to have this, and we're going to have that. And the Lord spoke to me right now, and he said, that's not vision. That comes from vision. My vision is not to be on all the outlets that we're on. Our vision was never to be on TV. Our vision was never to be on two Hispanic networks. Our vision was never to be on VTN. Our vision was never to be on uh, 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 radio touching Europe and South America and Central America. That was never our vision. Our vision was to build faith and frame worlds by the Word of God. And as you hold the vision, doors open for your vision. This applies to anything. If you've got a business and you've got a vision for your business, doors will begin to open to your business because you've got a vision for it. You know where to take it. You know what you're supposed to be doing. And to be successful, you've got to stay with that one thing. Amen? He said, where the vision is concerned, wait for it. Don't cast it aside. Let me say it this way. Don't let the devil lie to you and tell you it's not important. Oh, what you're doing is not important. Is that the vision God gave you? Then it's vital. I say it's vital. But don't let the devil lie to you and tell you it's not important and cast it aside. Wait for it. Wait for it. Tell your neighbor, say, wait for it. See, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to let the enemy tell me that what I'm doing is not important. I remember when, when the trend became, you know, one service a week in church. The trend became, you know, Sunday morning. And cut out Sunday night and cut out Wednesday night. And, you know, I went to the Lord about it because if the Lord's in something, I don't want to be behind. I heard Dr. Summerall say one time, he said he prayed and told the Lord, he said, Lord, I don't want you to do anything on earth that I'm not right in the middle of. And so I took that to heart. I don't, I don't want to miss something if this is something you're doing. And the Lord asked me a question. He said, how are people supposed to mature with less church? Hallelujah. Do you see this? And so I had people tell me, you know, you know, nobody comes to church on Wednesday nights. And I'm going to tell you what, it looked like that for a long time. I've got people in here that came to those Wednesday night services. I had eight folks. And they weren't all people. There were some people that had to be there. They were staff. So that means I probably had about three folk that didn't have to be there. Hallelujah. And people say, what would you do? Ask them. I'd get up and say, isn't it going to be great when Wednesday nights are full? Isn't it going to be great when people are coming to Wednesday night service and hearing the word of God and seeing what God wants to do? Getting a hold of this teaching anointing. And, and I mean, they'd, amen, hallelujah. Probably in the back of their mind, they're going, Lord, bless him. Lord, help him. Lord, what's he seeing? I had a vision. I'm building faith and framing worlds by the word of God. Amen. And steadily it started growing. And it started growing, and it started growing, and it started growing until the middle section was full. Amen. 
And then it started growing. Half of this section was full. Half of that section was full. It became one of our best attended services on Wednesday night with no music. One hour of power. Amen. Where did that come from? Vision. Now, what if I'd have followed the trend? Well, you know, people are busy. I've had pastors say that. Well, you know, people are busy. I'm going to tell you, you know, this is my opinion. If you're too busy for church, you've got too much going on. And I'm not called in the Word of God to lessen services to, to uh, uh, Lord, help me with the Word. I'm not called to lessen services so people don't have to go to church. That's not the vision. Are you following me? But people will do things because it's a trend. And they get off of their vision. There's a ministry recently that was in the news. And uh, 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 several of their pastors fell into sin. And uh, even the head of the organization ended up getting into sin. If you look at that ministry from the early 1980s and compare services from the 80s to what you see in the mid-2000s, you would be shocked at the lack of the moving of the Holy Spirit at the lack of the demonstration of the Spirit, of the preaching of the Word. Amen. Because listen, you, you cannot get off the vision. The Lord said that our church are churches of the Word and the Spirit. The, the preaching of the Word and the moving of the Spirit. We will always make room for the moving of the Holy Spirit. Why? Number one, it's right. Number two, it's the vision. It's the vision. You can come into our churches and nobody know who you are. And you can get set free and delivered before you leave that place because the Holy Spirit is told every morning by me, Holy Spirit, I want you to do what you want to do today. If I need to be quiet, I'll be quiet. But Holy Spirit, we're depending on you. Amen. Do you see that? When, when you get off the vision, look at ministries that you respect so greatly. Ministries that come to our, to our church. Brother Jerry, his vision is found in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. That's the vision for his ministry, is to take the message of the victorious word of faith to the world. And he hasn't changed. Amen. And they're successful. But successful spiritually. Do, do you see that? Hallelujah. I've, I've, got, I've got CDs of my pastor from the late 80s, early 90s. And he's saying things here on Sunday night that he said in the late 80s. Same thing. Because that's the vision. He's still raising up a spiritual production center producing life, city, state, nation, world. Everywhere he goes, he's still getting people productive in the things of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Coming up on 40 years in full-time ministry. People of vision. Am I helping you? So don't cast it aside. Well, you know, I was going to do that. But wait, 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 wait. Did God give that to you? 
Did God give you that for a vision? If God gave that to you for a vision, you have to hold on to it. You have to stay with it. If When the rough times come, you got to stay with it. When the challenges come, you got to stay with it. When there were eight people in Wednesday night, I stayed with it. When a third of my leadership staff got into sin and got mad at me and got upset and walked out and took $3,000 a month of their tithe away from the church, I stayed with the vision. Because part of that vision is if you don't want to live clean, you don't need to be working here. Hallelujah. And you know, if you're going to go drink in the bar, don't tag your pastor in the picture. Hello? Hallelujah. You don't have to worry about that now. I don't have Facebook, but you be drinking. But do you see what I'm saying? The vision will get you through that time. The vision will get you through that time. When, when, we, when we first started the church here, of course, we only had Sunday morning. We got in our, our own building. We started Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Well, you know, Sunday morning was, was pretty good, and Wednesday night was eh, and Sunday night was <laughs> Sometimes I'd show up, and 10 minutes too, it would be me and Pastor Larry and Anna and, and, and uh, uh, Pastor Ron and, and his wife and uh, a couple others. And I went to the Lord, Lord, do, do you want us to not have Sunday night? Because I'm not, I'm not going to just keep beating a dead horse. No, I want you to keep it going. And now, look what happened. People that don't come on Sunday morning or Wednesday night come to Sunday night. Visitors from churches that don't have church on Sunday night come to our church. And they say, I love the word that we get here. Now, I'm not bragging on us as much as I'm saying that's what God wants us to do. The the vision is to build faith and to build it specifically on those nights through the week. The more you hear the vision, the more it becomes a part of you. The more people hear the vision, the more it becomes a part of them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Notice in Acts 26. Am I helping you? you? You've got to be interested in what God's asked you to do and ask your church to do. It has to hold interest for me. That's, that's crucial. Hallelujah. Acts 26, verse 16. This is when Paul is recounting His vision on the road to Damascus in front of Agrippa. And he says, Jesus said, rise and stand on your feet. I've appeared to you for this purpose. To make you a minister and a witness of these things which you've seen. And those things in which I will appear to you. Delivering you from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom I now send you. To open their eyes, turn them from darkness to light. The power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins. And inheritance among them that are sanctified. Now notice, whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. The literal Greek says, I did not become 
obedient to the heavenly vision. Now, wh why is that important? Because how many opportunities did he have to become disobedient to the vision? Hallelujah. God has a purpose for every vision. Notice, he outlined right here to Paul. He said, this is your vision. I'm going to send you to the Gentiles. You're going to preach Jesus to them. They're going to turn from the power of darkness to the power of light, from the power of Satan to the power of God, and they're going to be saved. This is your vision. This is your purpose. And then Paul said, I wasn't disobedient to that. I did not become disobedient to that. There, there are things that come that try to make you disobedient, be disobedient. Hurt. Well, I was hurt. I, I understand that. And I pray that you're never hurt in this church. But you can't allow hurt to cancel out your vision. Well, I failed. Well, join the I failed club. Everyone has failed. Nobody is failure free in here. Amen. If you say you are, you just failed. You lied. Right? But the, 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 the point is, is this. Don't let your failures take away your vision. Cancel out your vision. Yeah, but if people just knew. They do, honey. They do. People know. People have a way of finding out things about you. Amen. Don't let that bother you. I said, don't let that bother you. Glory to God. I, I remember one time there was a group of people that, you know, they liked me fine. They didn't care for my wife. Well, then we got a problem. Right? And I let them know we got a problem. Because if, if she's not welcome to do things, I'm not welcome to do things. You're not going to prostitute my anointing and expect me to not stand with her. Right? Well, that, that could have hurt. She was a young believer. Glory. And you know where the, life, the Lord delivered my wife from? Amen. All kind of drug addiction. Delotted, heroin, cocaine, uh, 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 you, you name it. Prostitution. I call her a bank robber. She actually robbed donut stores. <laughs> Pastor Nancy told her one time, she asked Pastor Nancy, she said, would you like us to, because Pastor Nancy eats a donut every now and then, she said, would you like us to bring you some donuts tomorrow? And Pastor Nancy looked at my wife and said, Michelle, if you brought me donuts, I would have to question where you got them. Because <laughs> that's what she was facing 10 years in the state penitentiary of Tennessee for, was robbing a, uh, a, a uh, what's that? Famous donut shop. Uh, what's that? Uh, Daylight Donuts. Krispy Kreme. That's it. Krispy Kreme. Well, I didn't know that our co-pastor had that, pa that background. Oh, yes. That's not the half of it. Hallelujah. But see, that's part of our vision. Is to reach people that everybody else has given up on. And build their world and frame their world and build their faith with the word of God. If you'll come to this church and give this church six months of your life, it'll never be the same. It'll never be the same. I don't, I, don't care, I don't care what you're dealing with. I don't care if your marriage is failing. I don't care if you're messed up. I don't care if you're addicted. I don't care what it is. I don't care if you're messed up and your finances are failing. If you will come and give the word of God here six months, everything will change. You can't let that bother you. 
Hallelujah. I had, I had a lady come to me one time in the church, and she said, I'm not here because of you. I said, well, thank you. She said, I, I don't even like your preaching. Your wife's a better preacher than you. I said, well, I'm not going to argue with you there. But I don't care why you're here as long as you're here. I think she likes me a little better now. Uh, isn't that right? Vision. Am I helping you? Stay steadfast. Stay faithful. Stay with the vision. What did God say to you? What did God speak to you? It's good where your vision is. Don't, don't let it get covered up by something else. Hallelujah. Do, do, do you see that? Do you remember, do you remember when you could go to, you know, certain restaurants and uh, they were good at one thing and that one thing was really good and then they started getting involved in a lot of other things and the one thing started not being so good? Right? There's a place in... Uh, uh, the Kansas City area called the Jumping Catfish. Good Lord. You go eat at the Jumping Catfish, and your tongue will wrap around your eye teeth, and you can't see for a minute. Fried okra, corn on the cob. Oh, Lord. Now, I don't, I don't eat there much anymore. But, I mean, that corn dripping with butter. Everything had butter. I think you open up their recipe, and every recipe starts with butter. I mean, they'd serve them green beans with ham hocks in them. Oh, my Lord. And, I mean, not, not one of them little flimsy catfish fillets. I mean... Right? And I mean, you bite into it and you're like, oh, think you're speaking in tongues, you're just speaking in catfish. But hear me, there's no chicken on the menu. There's no steaks on the menu. There's no halibut on the menu. There's catfish on the menu. And every Sunday when you drive by jumping catfish, there's a line out the door and down the sidewalk for catfish. Hallelujah. There's no spots left in the parking lot this morning because you came here to hear your, get your faith built. We're not going to try to be good at something else. We're just going to build your faith. Hallelujah. It's going to see you delivered. See you set free. See your marriage put back together. Hallelujah. And we'll park them on the street. We'll park them in the back. We'll do whatever we got to do. We'll ask the business in back of us, can we use your parking lot on Sunday mornings? Till God gives us that place, that place, that place with all the room, all the things that we need. But until then, we're going to build faith and frame worlds by the word of God. Isn't God good? 
Stay steadfast. Stay faithful. Stay with the vision. If you can't hold the vision, you won't last. If you can't hold the vision, you won't last. You got you to you stay with it. You got to hold with it. I've had preachers call me. I had a, a minister call me one time, and he said, we're bringing an outreach to uh, the city, and uh, we're calling the churches, and we really want you to get involved. And I said, uh, nope. I said, I don't disagree with what you're doing, but no, I'm not, I'm not going to bring anybody to get involved in that. And people say, well, it's not our vision. Well, anything that people are doing that's good, no. That doesn't mean I'm supposed to be involved in it. Because everything that I do to take people to help somewhere else, I'm taking away from what God told us to do. Every time. Do, do you hear what I'm saying? My vision is not a traveling minister. I'm a pastor. Amen. If I got five invitations today to come minister, I'd decline all five of them. And make no mistake about it. I've scratched my preacher's itch so much it's a boil. You understand? I preach a lot. But here's the thing. I don't preach a lot outside my churches. I preach a lot in our church. That's the vision. The pastor's vision is take care of the sheep, not go take care of somebody else's sheep. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. Look at Romans 1.16. This is important. Because if your vision is an evangelist, then you need to be getting after it. But if your vision is a pastor, then that's where I need to be. Romans chapter 1, verse 16, notice. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first, then to the Greek. Notice, the gospel is the power of God to salvation. The gospel, it is the power. The gospel is the power. Vision never leaves things the way they are. Ever. Vision never leaves things the way they are. When you come and you sit in a church with vision, you start seeing how you could be. And when you start seeing how you could be, you start taking steps to what you could be. Hallelujah. When you come into a church with a vision and you're having trouble in your marriage, you'll start seeing how I can be the husband I'm supposed to be. I'll start seeing how I can be the wife I'm supposed to be. I'll start seeing how I can be the parent I'm supposed to be. Because, because when I'm where vision is, I'll start getting vision. There's things you can't see until you start seeing. And there's things you'll never see if you're not somewhere where somebody's seeing. Vision is caught. Amen? Let's hurry here. Genesis 45. Genesis 45. This is the uh, account of Joseph. And uh, notice Joseph, uh, uh, Genesis 45 verse 1. Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him. And he cried, cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known to his brethren. In verse 5, talking to his brothers, 
Now, therefore, do not be grieved or angry with yourselves that you sold me hither, for God sent me before you to, notice, to preserve life for these two years has the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years which there shall neither be earing nor harvest. God sent me before you to preserve a posterity in the earth and save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not that you sent me hither, but God, and he hath made me a father to Pharaoh and the Lord of all of his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Now notice something. Egypt needed Joseph and Jacob needed Joseph. The world is hurting, and we have the answer. Notice, he said, it wasn't you that sent me. It was God. God sent us to Little Rock, Arkansas. God sent you here. It wasn't just you thought that would be a neat church to go to. God sent you here. For, for, for what reason? To do what he called you to do. To see victory. To see overcoming ability. To see changes in your life. Amen. Now, let's go to chapter 50. Chapter 50, verse 19. And this is Joseph again talking to his brothers. Joseph said unto them, Fear not, I am in the place, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good, to bring to pass as it is this day, to save much people alive. Now, very often people have confused the it here with the trouble, the struggle, the imprisonment, the false accusation. No, it's not the false accusation. It's not the imprisonment. The it here is the vision, the dream. God meant it for good. The dream. You're all going to bow down before me. Notice what he said. Fear not, am I in, for am I in the place of God? Joseph saw that come to pass. He saw his vision come to pass. The it is the vision. It's the dream. You have to hold fast to that. In prison, what kept Joseph moving was the vision. When he was falsely accused, it was the vision that kept him going. When, when, when your motives are not understood and, 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 and what you do is misrepresented, you got to stick with the vision. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Because the vision is what sustains you. I say the vision is what sustains you. Now, thankfully, I've not, I've not had a lot of people be ugly about me or about my ministry. Some, enough, too many. <laughs> but, but the point is, the point is, it always comes back to the vision. What did God tell me to do? What did God say to me? That's what's going to sustain me. That's what's going to sustain you is knowing that you're doing what God asked you to do. Hallelujah. Bob Yandian was in the church one time ministering, and we were, we were having lunch afterwards. 
and we were talking, and he said, if you can go home every night after service and lay down and know that you did what God asked you to do that day, you have victory. Is it the vision? Is it the vision? There are people that God called and gave the vision that he gave you, and they wouldn't do it. Or they let it get covered up by something else. Or they cast it aside. Or it was too hard. That's not you. I said, that's not you. What God has called you to do, you're going to do it. You're going to accomplish it. We will see everything that God called us to do come to pass. We will see it. I've had people say, how do you know that? Because I won't quit. That's, that's the issue. That's the bottom line. Hallelujah. The vision will speak. You just wait on it. You just wait on it. You know, as we're, we'll wrap this up, I have, uh, when, when I moved to DeSoto, I say moved to DeSoto, we started the church in DeSoto, and um, I love it because Pastor Marie's here on the front row. Pastor Marie's been with us all 24 years, amen, and she was, she was actually an original, was still a board member, but was an original board member. Ask her about that sometime. But uh, hallelujah. In any event, I like having people that have had that tenure because I can go back and say these things. When we started the church in DeSoto, uh, I mean, there were other churches in the city. Uh, we had a church that was in the funeral home that was, was going on. A, a, a pastor uh, moved in and, and said there was no Pentecostal church in DeSoto, so he wanted to start a church, and he started a church, and and over the years, I've watched no less than five churches come in that area and start churches. And they'd be there for a little while, and then they're gone. And I had the privilege to talk to some of them. And it was about the programs they're going to do, and they're going to do this, and they're going to do an outreach. And if you said, what's the vision? What's the vision for your ministry? Well, you reach people for Jesus. Well, that, that, that's not a vision. That's a command to every believer. That's called the Great Commission. You know who stayed? The one with the vision. The people with vision. Vision makes you unmovable. Because it, it's something bigger than me. And, and when it gets challenging, I just go back to what's the vision. Then that's what we do. That's just, that's, that's where we're going back to. Don't depart from it. Don't depart from it. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. Say, Lord, I promise that I will not depart from the vision you've given me. I will accomplish everything you've asked me to do. I will see it all come to pass. I will see it all occur. Because I will not 
allow my vision to be covered up by something else. I won't cast it aside. I won't quit. And I won't stop. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. I believe God. Amen. Let's stand up today, shall we? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. So good to see everybody. Thank you, Lord. Y'all look good. Thank you, Lord. Nice to have a good-looking church. Ugly ones are all right, but we got a good-looking one. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Well, don't forget, of course, 6 o'clock this evening, we'll be back with the flow of the kingdom, and we're believing God for some great, 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 great things. Don't uh, forget, if you want to get involved with our watch groups for our men's meeting, please see Brother Jim and get yourself signed up. We also have sign-up sheets available in the media center for new members class and for uh, FBSOM. So if you're in, interested in either one of those, uh, please see one of the young ladies in our media center, and they'll help you out. Amen? Hallelujah. Say our vision today, shall we? The vision of this church is to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. You and I will always be world changers. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for this message. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request or want to share how this message has helped you, send us an email at main at buildfaith.net. This message and many more materials are available to you free of charge, can be found at buildfaith.net or at any of our location media stores. As always, keep the switch of faith turned on and build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God.